and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David begins a series called The Great Artisan as we celebrate the opening of Artisan Church in Lincolnton. Let's listen. Well, as you already heard today, today's a special day because we're starting a new church, Artisan Church. You, as Unity, are the supporting congregation which means that anything that we can do to support this new church as it's getting started, that is what we are trying to do. And as a part of that, uh, I commissioned a piece of art to kind of commemorate their new start. You may remember a couple years ago, I asked a local artist, Esther Moorhead, to paint our church building. And you can see that painting out in our gathering area on the left side. I thought it would be fitting to ask her to paint their building as well, the building that they're meeting in off of Main Street. And so she agreed to do it. And what we're going to show you is in a couple different parts, the development of that painting, just like last time. So you're not going to see the whole thing um, today, but you're going to see the start of that painting in kind of a time-lapse video. So let's go ahead and show that video. all you get today. You'll get to see more next week, but she just built the foundation of that painting, and I, I bet you couldn't tell what it is she wrote on there, but what she wrote is the, the verse, the theme verse that we're going to study today from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, and it's neat because by the end of that whole painting, I doubt you'll be able to see that verse, but at this stage in the development, what you'll know is that it's in there. It's always going to be in the back, in the foundation of this painting, which will be really neat. But yeah, we're going to study Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, because we're starting a three-week series today titled The Great Artisan. In honor of Artisan Church starting, I want to study what it means that God is the great artisan. Now, you may be wondering, what does that word really mean? artisan. I mean, we don't use it all that often, do we? I mean, we've heard of it, but if I were to corner you and say, how would you define artisan? What would you say? Well, lucky for you, I'm not going to corner you. I'm just going to tell you what the definition for artisan is. Artisan is a worker in a skilled trade, especially one that involves making things by hand. So an artisan is someone who creates things who makes things, who designs things. Well, it's my belief that God is the great artisan. I mean, God is the creator of, well, everything. And my question is that if God is the great artisan, then we, who were made in the image of God, how do we reflect that? That's what I want to study today. How do we reflect this aspect of God as so to that end, we are going to study 
one verse, which is really unusual. If you've been coming here a while, you know that I like to take a passage and walk verse by verse through that passage, but not today. Today, we're going to just study one verse because I believe there's so much in this verse, so much that's transformative for us that we need to take it slow. It's going to be Ephesians 2.10. I want to read it all together at the beginning, and then we're going to break it up into three sections to look a little bit more in depth. But here's the whole thing. It says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. Let's start at the beginning, those first four words. We are God's handiwork. Focus on that highlighted word, handiwork. I mean, that's obviously pretty important to the text, but what does it mean? How would you describe handiwork? Well, we need to go back to the original language, the language that this was written in, um, which for the New Testament, that would be Greek. And if you've ever read something in the Bible— and you've wondered, what does that word really mean? You have to go back to the original language because the Greek was then translated into English, um, but we get a little bit more nuance when we go back to the original. So in the Greek, uh, that word handiwork is actually poema. And poema means something that is made. That's the simple, basic definition some poema, something that is made. So we are God's handiwork, meaning we are something that is made. Does that feel a little anticlimactic? Were you expecting something bigger by going back to the Greek? Well, some different translations attempt to spice this up a little bit. Uh, the New Living Translation, for example, which is a great translation of the Bible, they translate poema to say we are God's masterpiece. You might be familiar with that verse. And I think that gets at the heart of what is trying to be conveyed in this verse. Or you go with the English Standard Version. The ESV says we are God's workmanship. Also true. Or the NIV, which we're using today in church, we are God's handiwork. So you've got masterpiece, workmanship, handiwork. They're all kind of saying the same thing, aren't they? But at its base, what that word poema means is we are made, and we are made by God. When you stop and let that sink in for a moment, it's actually a profound statement that you were made. You were intentionally designed and crafted into the unique person that you are today. That's the Christian worldview of how it is that you got here. You were made by God. You are God's poema. You are God's handiwork. You're God's masterpiece. That is who you are. And that's what I believe. I believe this Christian mindset, this worldview, that I am made by God. But I also want to acknowledge that that's not the only way to understand why it is that you're here today. And I, I actually want to give you another option so that we can kind of contrast the two. I think that will 
help us understand the Christian worldview even better. So in what I call the secular worldview, it would say something different. If the Christian worldview is that you are made by God, then the secular worldview might say, well, no, you're actually here just because of randomness and chance. That you're just a, a byproduct of events that were out of your control, but it's kind of random that you are here today. Let's take that to its logical conclusion, because chances are you've heard that before. You've heard people talk about, well, why am I here today? Well, it's just been kind of random. And you may have even believed that at some point in your life. But if we take that to its logical conclusion, then what is your purpose? Why are you here on this earth? If you believe that you're just here because of chance, then you really have to create your own meaning in life, don't you? You have to create your purpose in life. And that's why, for one of many reasons, I really resonate with the Christian worldview here. Because in the Christian worldview, you are given a purpose. You are supposed to be here. God created you to be here. And then God gave you a meaning and purpose for your life. And you may be wondering, okay, well, what is that? What is that purpose that God has given to me? And for that, we need to continue reading this verse. It says, we are God's handiwork. We're God's poema. We're made by God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Okay, so wait, you're saying God didn't create us just to wander aimlessly through life? No, there's a reason you're here. There's a purpose that you're here. I call that God made you for a reason, a purpose, or another way to put that is God made you on purpose. And you see the purpose right here in the, the verse. It's to do good works. It is to do good works through Christ Jesus. Let's go back to the Greek again. That word work is ergon in the Greek, and it encompasses a lot more than just what you might imagine for work. It encompasses work and deed and action and tasks and accomplishments. That actually encompasses a lot, doesn't it? So when we're told that you are created for good works, you see all of that, what that includes and entails. Let's go through these for a second. So you're created for good deeds. I think of good deeds as like when you're driving through the, the drive through at Starbucks and you decide to buy the coffee for the person behind you. That's, that's a good deed. Or when your neighbor asks you to help them move and you do it, even though nobody likes helping their neighbor move. That's a good deed. That's part of why you were created. But it goes beyond that. It's also the actions that we do. Yeah, the actions that, that you take part in in your life, the ways that you choose to act and use yourself and your body, that's part of why you're created. It has to do with the tasks, good tasks, meaning the things that you set aside time to accomplish, you calendar in. Those are the good things that you're created to do. 
and even more so the big things, the accomplishments, the things that you look back on, you say, I'm proud of that in my life. All of these different things are included when God says you were created for good works. Now, I think that's kind of a lot to keep track of. And so instead, I I tried to summarize it in one statement. Here's what I believe this is saying. You were made to bring the goodness of God into the world. That's really what it means to say that you were created for good works. Is you uniquely were created to bring the goodness of God into this world. And this is going to look different for each and every one of us. Because all of us have been made differently. You have been uniquely crafted by God. So some of us will bring the goodness of God into the world through the art that we create. As you saw on the the video today, I'm definitely not one of those people, but I'm always impressed when someone can bring art to life. Some of us may bring the goodness of God into the world by practicing law or practicing medicine or using your speaking ability in some wonderful way. There are literally thousands of ways that you can bring the goodness of God into the world, and it's unique to you. You get to discover those gifts. You get to discover those talents. You know, there's an old Charlie Brown article, or not article, comic, when Lucy tells Charlie Brown, you know, I have decided to take up a hobby. And he says, oh, good. I'm so glad that you finally decided to accomplish something. And she said, accomplish something? I I thought the whole point of this was just to stay busy. And I think we can look at life like that sometimes. Or we say, what is the purpose of my life? Is it just to stay busy? Or I had one friend say, it seems like the de facto nature for us is just to just seek pleasure and avoid pain. Does that become the purpose of our life? To just seek the things that are pleasurable to us and avoid the painful things in life? Just to keep busy? Or don't you get the sense from time to time, deep inside of you, that you were made for something more than that? You were given a deeper purpose to being here, to your very existence. That is what this verse is all about. That you were created intentionally, specifically, to do good works, to bring the goodness of God into this world. Now, I do want to note that your purpose is not the same thing as a job. We confuse these sometimes. I had a friend, and he worked in the the tech industry, and he said, ah, David, I'm so jealous that you're a pastor Because you must know every day when you go to your job that you're fulfilling God's purpose for you. You're doing what God wants you to do. And he says, I just don't feel like that, making websites and such. I don't know if I'm really doing what God wants me to do. And I said, no, 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 you're confusing this. God wants Christians in all jobs. Because in any job that you're in, you can bring the goodness of God into the world. Ministry might seem more obvious in some ways, but it's only more overt. Every job you're in, you can bring the goodness of God into this world. 
Because a job is an assigned piece of work, but a purpose, that's a way of life. I mean, you're going to have different jobs throughout the course of your life. And when that job is over, you simply go back to being you. But a purpose, that's comprehensive. I mean, that includes who you are at your job and who you are when you go home from your job, who you are on nights and weekends. A purpose is all-encompassing. It's who you are and why you are here today. And friends, I think that's why we gather as a community, as a church, because we recognize that we have this shared purpose. It's not just for you as individuals, but it's for us, the people of God. Yes, we have a shared purpose to bring the goodness of God into the world. And if we recognize that, then we can encourage one another in that purpose. Because if we just go as individuals, we can get off track pretty easily, can't we? We can forget this deeper purpose. We can just kind of keep busy, seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. But as a church community, we can help each other remember that we're here for more than that and encourage one another in that direction. I believe that each person here today and each person watching online has a part to play in that common purpose that we have as a church community. And do you want to know how this verse ends? There's some good stuff already in it thus far, but let's see how it ends. It says, we are God's poema. We're God's handiwork. We are made by God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to bring the goodness of God into the world, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. Yes, the good works that you were created to do, God prepared those for you before you were even born, before you knew of your existence. God prepared in advance these good works. But notice that this verse doesn't say God has a list for you, and these are the specific good works you're supposed to do over your lifetime. No, that That'd be, I think, a little bit too much pressure to put on us. Instead, God says, these good works, they're simply your way of life. They're your way of being. They're the essence of who you are. That is how God created you. Well, people of unity, I believe as a church, with this common vision of what our purpose is, that we can be what this world most desperately needs. I mean, I, I look at this Denver area and I realize that they have needs that only God can fix. Right here in our community, in Lincoln County, we've got children living in poverty. We've got young men and women who are confused about their purpose in life. And we've got other people who are just so exhausted and spent because of this pandemic. We've got those living in homelessness, or with addiction. And if, as an individual, you try to tackle those problems, it can seem too much, completely overwhelming. Because as an individual, it is too much and overwhelming to tackle all those problems. That's why God created the church, the community, for us together to say, yes, our common purpose, created in Christ Jesus, is to do these good works, is to bring the goodness of God 
right here into Lincoln County. We are to do that together. We're to encourage one another. That is why we are here. And so may this church be the answer to some of the problems of our community. Yes, may this church bring the goodness of God right to the streets of Denver, because that is why we are here. That is our shared purpose. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.